Welcome to another episode of Innovation Matters, a podcast organized by the Netherlands Innovation Network. In this episode, we will talk about plant-based proteins. My name is Marita Mitrovic, and this episode is broadcasted from Shanghai, China. China consumes 28% of the world's meat, twice as much as the U.S. The U.S. already has advanced available products such as Beyond Sausage and the Impossible Burger. In China, a variety of mock meat products have long been available because of the country's Buddhist roots. Buddhists eat a partially or fully vegetarian diet. However, this industry has not yet begun producing the so-called 2.0 plant-based meats, products that are attractive not only to vegetarians, but also to meat eaters. I will talk with Doris Lee of GFIC, which is the independent partner organization of the Good Food Institute Asia-Pacific, that is focused on accelerating the alternative protein revolution in mainland China. We will talk about Chinese consumers and their habits, the main Chinese suppliers in the alternative protein industry, and future developments. Welcome, Doris Lee, and thank you for your time. Would you be so kind to start with a brief introduction about yourself? Sure. Thank you for your invitation. So I'm Doris Lee. I'm the general manager of GFI Consultancy. We are a local company in China that focuses on promoting sustainable and alternative protein sources locally in China. So I have a personal background in promoting sustainable foods, including plant-based foods for over eight years in Hong Kong and Berlin. And now I'm focusing on promoting sustainable sources of protein in mainland China at my current company. So um, what exactly do we do? So we are the strategic partner of an international alternative protein uh, think tank, the Good Food Institute. Um, And our work includes supporting scientists, startups, corporates, and other stakeholders in the alternative protein industry, covering plant-based, cultivated, and fermentation. We create curated resources for the industry and we distribute content, including technical papers, industry reports, and other, other resources for um, the interested entrepreneurs and young researchers that want to go into the field. So you are promoting sustainable foods in China. And for this, you cooperate with startups and corporates. So what does your support exactly consist of? Sure. Let me explain the rationale behind uh, the work we're doing. So I just mentioned that we support scientists, startup, um, corporates um, in the alternative protein industry. So by saying that, what we mean is that the alternative protein industry is still very young in China. So we think that um, the first thing we actually need to do is to connect the dots and to build up an ecosystem. So then um, um, each stakeholder can connect to each other and then um, kind of build up the momentum of like of like accelerating the the whole development of the industry. So um, we serve as a platform by simply connecting to all these stakeholders we just mentioned, and to raise like the first thing is to raise awareness of the importance and the potential in alternative proteins. And the second thing we do is to serve as like a resource center. So what we do is that we. Uh, build up our own resources as well as we localize um, international resources. For example, um, uh, we just mentioned our 
strategic partner, the Good Food Institute. They are well known globally for um, for the really high quality uh, industry report and scientific resources. And we hope to introduce and localize these resources for in Chinese for Chinese players to make use of. So this is one of the main work that we have been doing since the last year. Okay, so you offer a platform that connects the different parties, right? Okay, so could you tell us what the current status is of the plant-based protein market in China? And, and how do you expect this to develop? China once set a goal regarding uh, grain self-sufficiency, which they have reached as well. And they recently set a, a similar goal on meat and poultry and, and some kind of protein security goal. Do you think that this new goal will also offer some opportunities to the alternative meat industry? Sure. So um, as a lot of audience might have known about the, for example, the market internationally, for example, in the US, but uh, as in China, actually, when we talk about alternative protein, we are still talking about plant-based protein. For example, in the past year, um, especially after March, where uh, when the coronavirus situation is like more or less stabilized in China, there has been a huge launch of like plant-based meat products into the market. So all of a sudden, um, these products uh, has be, has transformed from like a concept that you can only hear from the news into something that you can actually buy and try in the chain restaurants. So we have what we have seen is the outburst of like all these products into the market, including plant-based meat and plant-based dairy alternatives. And the reception has so far been quite well. And a lot of a lot of consumers are quite happy to try these alternatives, especially now that uh, awareness on food safety has and also on health has increased. And um we also expect to see more of these products coming into the market from not just local players, including startups, and also bigger players like Cargill and Nestle, and also more international players coming into uh, the China market. So you said things really accelerated over the last year due to Corona. Um, people are more aware of food safety, but also have more health concerns. I was wondering, to the Chinese consumer, what is the main reason to choose alternative protein sources? Is it related to health, safety, uh, or are there also concerns for the environment, animal welfare, etc.? There has been around two to three uh, consumer survey conducted on the perception of plant-based meat alternative, I think since March. And from the result that we have seen, um, Consumers that are most receptive to um, or willing to try this alternative are the more educated audience from, from first tier cities. And um, they are mostly driven by health reason or by the, for example, uh, no low fat or fitness reason that they, they can benefit from um, purchasing, consuming this plant-based alternative to the conventional uh, animal product equivalent. 
also um, some of them do express, for example, um, consideration of the environmental impact, but this is relatively lower and maybe much lower than when we compare to the Western market. So still it's mostly driven by health and fitness reasons. Right, so there are different motives than in the West. Uh, health is the main reason to choose for an alternative um, protein source. I was also wondering, given the, the long ingredient lists on most products, is it necessarily healthier to eat a plant-based alternative than just to eat meat? This is a very interesting question and we get asked a lot, especially by local consumers. I think um, when we talk about whether a plant-based meat substitute is necessarily healthier than its meat equivalent, we have, it will be judged case by case. So far, there hasn't been so many um, studies uh, conducted on this area, but recently there is a new study by researchers at the Stanford University School of Medicine that has found out that swapping out animal meat for a plant-based meat alternative can help lower some cardiovascular risk factors. The similar study hasn't been really conducted in China. So um, we think that more local study would help um, convince or um, send out a positive message that plant-based meat product could bring some certain health benefits if it really does. Well, it makes sense that it depends on the kind of product, but it's good for foreign companies to know that health is the main reason for the Chinese consumer to choose alternative products. So what kind of products are on the market right now? The products we have been seeing in the market so far, um, they are there are good mix of uh, products that are adapted for local cuisine and also um, some more Western products like burger patties. Um, most of them are made of, like for example, means meat, means pork meat or means beef meat that is made into a patty. And also, for example, applying them into local foods like dumplings and like buns and, and so on. Quick question. What is the most popular meat in China? Pork is always the most popular meat consumed in China. And I think that is the reason why a lot of companies start with uh start with creating plant-based pork products and also uh, chicken is one of the popular products as well mainly in the form of for example chicken nuggets that you can serve in uh, quick service restaurants um, for beef products is is relatively less common in china mainly in the form of um, plant-based beef patties for burgers that is uh, actually a wide space for uh, launching plant-based seafood products though. We have recently uh, um, released a report just talking about how many opportunities are there and the needs for um, plant-based uh, seafood products. Um, there are only one or two products that have been um, ever launched into the market since last year, but hasn't really been popu popularized yet. Okay, yet. so pork in China is by far the most popular. So let's talk about science and R&D developments in China. In the Netherlands, we have Wageningen University, which is a leading university in the food science. Um, but in China, what research institutes are the most important in this field? 
I have to mention um, Jiangnan University, which is based in Wuxi in China. They they have um or they have um new food center, or you can say they have a big focus on alternative protein, including plant based meat and also um fermentation. So they has they have been researching on all aspect of um improving um the improving functionalities uh, of plant-based meat and looking at how to use uh, microbial fermentation in alternative proteins. Microbial fermentation is something I read quite often lately. How does it work exactly? And can you explain a little bit more how fermentation can increase the quality of the product? Because I believe that is how it's used, right? Sure. I'm not a scientist, but I try my best to explain it in plain words. So um, as you said, fermentation is gaining a lot of attention lately. And um, the Good Food Institute is one of the leaders that have been uh, that have been advocating for more awareness into this area. Um, so fermentation can be used as a as a technology to either produce um, um, product itself, for example, they have been using also um, um, fermentation to uh, create um, products from from sources like algae instead of uh, plant um, sources like um, soy or peas. Or fermentation can be used as a technique to um, produce specialty ingredients. For example, um, if I think a lot of you might be aware of Impossible Burgers. Um, they do have the um, they do have the appearance of um, of um, like of the bloodiness of of meat um, because they have been using uh, a special ingredient called heme. So it's also being produced through um, um, precision fermentation. Um, so we see that fermentation is a very powerful platform they can um they can upgrade the per the current uh, plant-based meat products and can create new products by itself so we have jungnong university focusing on fermentation and plant-based in general are there any other important companies or universities that are leading in this field in so china? when we talk about china i think it's hard to um skip the 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 main players that have been in the field for many years um they are the traditional buddhist um vegetarian meat producers but uh in the past year they have been partnering with uh newer plant-based 2.0 uh, brands to um to reinvent the product let's say and then the results are quite good because they do have a lot of comparative advantage for example in the um, channel of cells or in their manufacturing facilities or capabilities so this form of collaboration is quite interesting in our eyes um and when we talk about, for example, uh, fermentation um, innovations, uh, we were we are also recently in touch with companies um, that are using mycelium fermentation to produce um, to produce plant based foods um, for consumption. 
And then there are also companies thinking um, to use um, fermentation to produce um, special ingredients, um, something like the Impossible Burgers Heme product in China. That is an interesting fact you mentioned there. Because of China's long Buddhist history, mock meat was popular way before it got popular in the West. Anyway, in, in China, you see startups partnering with these already established companies. Um, this is, well, I think necessary as China is a huge market that requires some serious preparations in terms of logistics and distribution. Do you think that a, such a collaboration would be feasible for foreign startups as well? The, com- the startup I have been mentioning is uh, uh, all local startups. But I can imagine, I can imagine they having interest to also work with foreign companies. So, if you are a foreign startup focusing on upstream innovations, let's say you have one specific ingredient or technique to enha- enhance flavor, how could they access the Chinese market? One of the more common um, common way for international uh, plant based meat brands to get into China right now is that they first uh, work with distributor here that um, that knows the market quite well in the region that helps them with um, with messaging and promoting and getting the products to the right audience and can collect feedback for them to adapt the products because um, a lot of products they 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 are if they are popular in the West, wouldn't mean that the same formulation would work locally, right? So um, yeah, these um, trusted distributors in China could be one of the way for them to first test the water, and um, and then they would some of the brands um, they the next step would be to for example um, setting up local office here or. Uh, or even building their own manufacturing plants here in China. I'm wondering if meat companies would also be interested in collaborating, because some of them are interested in cultured meat, because that way they would have the full supply chain in-house. But do you think they would also be interested in plant-based meat? Sure. I recently just participated in an event where Cargill is present, um, so Cargill is um, also lo- Cargill has also been launching um, their own plant-based brand in China called Plant Ever, and have been launching uh, plant-based beef patties and also chicken nuggets in China in collaborating with uh, KFCs here. So um, and Nestle also um, announced that they are they are building. Uh, uh, facilities in China that will also launch uh, plant-based meat products. So these big players um, has also been quite keen to enter the field. So maybe a bit off topic as this episode is on plant-based protein, but what is the current status of cultured meat in China? So the cultivated meat industry in China is also very, very new and even more, um, even younger than the plant-based meat industry, as we would say. Um, Last year, around one year ago, the Nanjing Agriculture University, they created um, China's first cultivated pork meat. So that was a milestone for the the department here in China. 
And there has been a few companies um, that are also um, focused on making cultivated meat, including um, um, seafood products and also pork products, et cetera. So um, it isn't many compared to um, compared to rest of the world, but this is certainly starting right now. I don't think there are many outside of China either. I think the most important factor to develop a cultured meat industry is regulation of the so-called novel foods. Making a product is one, but being able to get it to the market is another thing. Can you perhaps tell me a little bit about the regulation in China towards novel foods and ingredients? So regulation for um, for cultivated meat products um, do not exist yet in China as um, the same as many parts of the world, maybe apart from Singapore, which they recently already approved the, the first sales uh, of um, cultivated meat products. So uh, in China, we have seen uh, we have seen statements uh, saying that um, the government is looking into um, the um, the study of um, the cultivated meat, but so far there has been any uh, regulations yet. So it's similar to the situation in Europe and the U.S. Another issue that arises when talking to people in the Netherlands about food in China is the issue of food safety. In the past, there have been a few food scandals, which showed that the food supply chain is not always transparent. Most of the ingredients that are needed for plant-based meats come from China, so that is a concern. Can you say that food safety has become more of a priority for the Chinese government and perhaps also for the Chinese con uh, consumer? Firstly, consumers' uh, awareness on food safety has increased a lot, and that is um, there is no doubt about it. And we also seen that a government has has a, um, launched um, different policies that um, drive to in, improve uh, food safety in all levels. And um, and the first thing we have also seen by talking to different universities is that the government has also been supporting and funded uh, research, especially on uh, food safety, um, which is quite new and just since the recent years. So um, we can, I think, we can see um, we can see it as um, that the food safety has really been put onto the spotlight whenever we talk about food. Yeah. It's good to know that the issue of food safety is getting more attention. If a foreign company or a startup is listening and is interested in the Chinese market, could they contact you? And if so, how could you help them? International companies uh, or players that are keen to know more about the local Chinese market, but aren't quite sure yet. They approach us and will often ask us for um, information and to have an overview of the whole um, the whole uh, landscape to form their own judgment. This is a role we have been playing. And if a company is looking for an investor, what would you suggest them to do or bear in mind? Um, so uh, when we talk about investment investment in China, um, we see we see more new faces every time we go to events, and we got approached by uh, new local investors that ask us for for some information about um, uh, about um, the 
investment opportunities in alternative protein food. And uh, but one thing that we think is quite important to highlight is um, is whether um, the funders are willing to uh, invest in companies that um, that would put a big focus on uh, on R and D and innovation instead of um, promising to have a short a financial return at terms because um, we think this is crucial for companies um, to to be able to have this um, to have this uh, flexibility or they can afford um, really making good quality products instead of rushing to the market. Right. Funding innovation is a long-term commitment and an investor should not be focused on short-term revenues only. In order to wrap up this uh, conversation, is there anything you feel that needs to be added? So I know many um, companies um, see China as a massive um, consumer market, which is right. But then... um, Apart from being a massive consumer market, and also actually China is a, a big manufacturing hub, for example, for um, um, for soy protein isolate, uh, which is a main ingredient for a lot of plant-based meat out there. And apart from these two, um, China do have its own um, a comparative advantage when it comes to R&D as well. For example, um, in biotech. Um, including cultivated meat and, and fermentation. And it's a fact that maybe um, the local industry has um, started relatively later than, um, for example, the West uh, in um, building up its industry. But then um, the, the, the local, um, the foundational research here and also um, an efficient um, system when it comes to uh, policies would um, all accelerate um, China's role in also being one of the um, leading R&D player in the whole alternative protein field. I agree. China is more than just a big consumer market or the world's factory. China has made considerable progress in, in realizing innovation-based growth. So their R&D spendings in this field, together with their long history of plant-based protein products, will make China a significant global player. Thank you, Doris. Thank you for your time and sharing your knowledge on the topic. This is it for now, but more episodes on this topic will follow. Cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's great. Thank you, Doris Lee, General Manager of GFIC in China. Thank you, Arita. Thank you at home for listening. If you want to stay up to date on developments in this field in China or between China and the Netherlands, then please go to our website, netherlandsinnovation.nl and leave your contact information on the podcast page of this episode. Then you will receive a notification when the Netherlands Innovation Network China organizes any activities in this field. At this page, you can also leave a comment. If you would like to get in touch, you can send an email to china at netherlandsinnovation.nl. We will continue to talk about this topic in future episodes and hope you'll be tuning in again. Thanks for listening. Bye.